Welcome to Chant It Down Radio. ChantItDownRadio.com is the website. This is episode 144. My guest today is David Whitehead, the way of the truth warrior. We go into the analysis of the inconsistencies of the COVID-19 story, the mindset of a warrior, the truth discovery process, breaking down the truth to the average denier, going down the rabbit hole. So join me on this journey to Chant It Down Radio. Chanted Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Chanted Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole, cause what you see is real life. You're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies. Rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind. Uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light. Let's turn it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all. Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode. And it's beneficial, we can get this kind of road and get the future. Generators want to start the whole thing But the message demonstrated we can start a post Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis This is episode 144 Where we deprogram from the deep program You found yourself here, so maybe you're meant to be here And this year has been insane if there's any year that's rattled people's comfort zone it's 2020 and if there's any year that's pushed uncertainty of our future it's this year and with that seems to be the unraveling of our civilization as we know it we need our minds and hearts right and we need to a get the facts straight to the best ability of what's going on and b not be afraid because fear is false evidence appearing real and C, try to find the solutions to counterbalance this matrix and be free. We need the mindset of a warrior. One of my taglines on this show since basically day one has been be a warrior, not a worrier. And that's why I have today on the show the truth warrior himself. David Whitehead. If you're not familiar with his work, David is a true speaker, a full-time podcaster, a researcher into the esoteric philosophy, comparative religion and mythology, ancient and modern mysteries, the paranormal and current geopolitical events. He is a martial arts sensei with black belts in various schools and traditions, an entrepreneur. He has passion for the truth and a solid, well-defined foundation of knowledge from eclectic sources of material. He has his own podcast, The Way of the Truth Warrior, and the Unslaved podcast with the, with the researcher Michael Tessarian. He has been on Ancient Aliens, The Unexplained. He's a father, and he's the Way of the Truth Warrior. Welcome, brother, to Channel Down Radio. Hey, Christopher. So glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. No problem. Um, you have an impressive body of work and passion for the truth, and I really like your philosophy, I, and I like that you have included martial arts into it. I, I, I love that you have also been heavily influenced by the works of Bruce Lee. Uh, he's one of my childhood heroes as well. And I take his philosophy on, on my personal journey. Um, I too have a fascination with martial arts. I didn't take it to the levels that you did, but maybe someday. But uh, yeah, and I have a fascination with the truth. So I want to start by asking you how you got on the path of the great work and concern with the direction that we are going as a society. Oh, well, thanks for that. Yeah, for me, actually, martial arts was what opened my door to, or opened the door for me to looking into the subjects that I cover on my podcast and in the, in the public work that I do that started out as just a curiosity and a passion and eventually turned into being literally my full-time career, especially as soon as, as soon as the lockdown happened. Um, we lost our dojo and the, uh, the, the gym that we were working out of got closed down permanently. And uh, I have a feeling that martial arts and, and contact of any kind uh, will be the last thing that they're going to allow us to engage in. So uh, now I do my Truth Warrior podcast and my Unslaved podcast work full time. And I love that work. And I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, gaining a lot more traction these days, especially as more people are waking up and they're curious about it. 
Um, but yeah, just I, I at a young age was always curious. I always had questions about the nature of reality, who I am, what the heck kind of a planet I'm living on, what's going on <laughs> around me and what the truth is. And I just had this feeling deep inside me that I knew that um, I needed to find the truth, that that was the key thing to understanding my reality and uh, easing that anxiety that I had early on in my life. And so I just went on a quest on my own. Like nobody told me to do it. Um, in fact, I've had nothing but resistance the entire way from friends, family, um, you know, on the Internet, even em uh, employers of the past of mine. You know, it's just it's endless that when you try to stand out as an individual and go on your own path to essentially creating your own mindset and your own belief systems and your own worldviews and uh, standing out as an individual amongst the crowd of people who just kind of blindly follow along with what everybody else is doing. The minute you step outside of that to just pursue some of the questions that are on your mind, you'll find right away that you're going to get nothing but opposition. So um, I think that's what attracted me to the martial arts was the whole point of martial art training was to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable, how to get comfortable with opposition, how to think strategically, how to think proactively, uh, how to actually keep a really positive mindset, even though things can often become uh, very overwhelming for many people, especially if they delve into these subjects. And so I think for me, it gave me the necessary backbone to be able to continue the, this work, you know, in pursuing subjects like philosophy, history, politics, and, and what's going on in the world. And so I'm forever grateful to the many martial arts instructors that I've had, uh, the people like Bruce Lee and so many other great martial artists as I, I read their books growing up. And, and that's what inspired me to really you know, create this new project of mine. And with, well, it's not new anymore. I've been doing this for a while, but to create this project, essentially, um, that I called the Truth Warrior, which that wasn't me saying I'm the Truth Warrior. Or I'm the one that has the truth. That was just a name I gave it as a, a philosophical label as to what the goal is is that i believe that if you want to pursue the truth you have to have the spine of a warrior absolutely yeah and you know what you said about being uncomfortable kind of reminds me of uh, a line of bruce lee's i don't have it like right in my head but it's basically like do not pray for an easy life pray for the strength to overcome a difficult one and right. a lot of us have been put on this path um synchronistically i i myself too uh there wasn't really one inciting event but it just sort of i did meet an insider of the system that did help push me along a bit but it's like as far as like just keep on going for that information and don't care what people think i know all about that i live in hawaii and we have a large japanese culture and i love some of the aspects of the japanese culture but at the same time they have a uh it's kind of a uh i guess it's one of the <clears throat> sayings in the culture is the nail that sticks up the heart the farthest gets hit down so you know right. um i've felt that in my life a lot of you know me trying to be who i am too and then uh trying to talk to people about this and wow it just the resistance is so strong um i even you know it it even broke up my first uh marriage and uh oh, but sorry. you know yeah. it's just yeah it but it's it's pushed me to great things and we're not here to be comfortable that's that's one thing that's that's part of earth it's better to be uncomfortable because we grow from when we're uncomfortable and we're here to refine ourselves and kind of be put through the fire um i think what's really missing in our culture is the well-informed warrior the complete put together human uh right now more than ever it's it's missing in our society not only do we need to get the truth ready facts in the forefront of our mind we need to fill the void of the passive well-meaning good guy those are good people but it has to also combine with the righteous warrior there is there's really a, a rising number of people who are i think beginning to see through the lies right now mainly because the world has changed you know so fast but the controlling elites they're extremely organized they're precise you know and and the good guys they're always steps behind because they're nice and because they they're not organized or ready and are often missing the true warrior inside so i guess if i could start off uh, talking about getting people to put, be put on maybe put on the right armor for these days my thinking is that people need the right fundamental principles in their heads at all times and and be able to speak them without fear to those who are in full cognitive dissonance and programming from the system to kind of to shake people out of their social programming or maybe that's wishful thinking i don't know but at least to stun people with the truth so if you had 
let's say if you had to pull from all of your knowledge, what fundamental principles would you release on people that are convinced of the official narrative, not only in, in this coronavirus stuff, but the whole the whole way we live? Uh, the uh, what kind of principles would you would you break that that bring on people that breaks their trance or at least acts as a stun gun of truth to make people go into their systems of blind belief and and maybe second guess their whole worldview? Well, it's a it's a good question. Um, I've often thought about it, and I've been doing this a long time, and I've noticed that people. You know, when the student is ready, the master appears, right? Like a lot of people are not ready for the truth because they haven't been living truth. A lot of people have been sucked so deeply into the inauthentic lifestyle and the anti-psychological society in which we live and the anti-spiritual society in which we live, which was, you know, there's partial blame on both sides. There's blame, of course, on these elites and the people and the media and the the, the architects of control, if you want to call it that, or the the spin doctors, right? The propagandists, the politicians, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done their work in trying to keep people in a trance, in a collective hive mind. Because if you can keep people in a collective hive mind, then all you got to do is snap your fingers and the entire population moves in the direction that you want, which is ultimately the control that they want. So if you understand that their control comes from the fact that they control the minds of all of the individual people that make up what we call society or the population of the planet or a population of a country or whatever, then we understand that the way out of that is to reclaim our minds. Um, but then when you start to do this long enough and you talk to people, and you, you don't even have to bring up specifics about some of the specific things that are going on behind the scenes that they should know about, how they're being manipulated, the real uh, goals and agendas of many of these psychopaths that are running the ships of state, etc., or the corporations of the world or whatever. We, you don't even have to break that down. A lot of people are literally paralyzed with fear when it comes to thinking for themselves on any subject. And the question is, was that... Is that a willful act of outright ignorance or is that a part of conditioning of society and parents and media? Is it a combination of both? Um, I think it all stems from fear. It stems from yeah. fear of the truth and it also stems from f- fear of freedom. You know, a lot of people talk about how they want to be free and they live in a free country and they love freedom. But now freedom is considered a right wing conspiracy theory by the media. <laughs> and uh, so and also uh, we understand that there's this element in a lot of people this has been pointed out by many great thinkers for you know eons of time, that there's this fear of freedom. There's a there's a desire in people to be free from freedom. And the reason that sounds funny to people is because people are like, well, why would people want to be free from freedom? Isn't the whole point like don't don't humans naturally gravitate towards freedom? And I would say they do, but they also don't because you know freedom requires personal responsibility freedom requires that you look within yourself for your strengths and weaknesses freedom requires morality and virtue so that if you understand that in order for you to be free you have to respect other people's freedom um, and there's this principle that we've been talking a lot about on the unslaved podcast that i do with michael tessarian it's this concept of no master above no slave below and that's not just do, to do with the world controllers and the politicians and whatever. That's to do with each and every one of us where we're either seeking a master because we haven't become a master ourselves and we're afraid of doing that because that takes a lot of work, right? Yeah. Um, or we're seeking to be somebody's slave, right? right? And that's the interesting thing. There's that song, you know that song, Sweet Dreams? Um, I think it was by the Rhythmics originally, and then Marilyn Manson did a redone of it, you know, Big Shiny Tunes too, or something. <laughs> I, um, I'm kind of familiar, yeah. The, the yeah. lyrics are interesting in that, and it keeps repeating it in the song, and it says, you know, some of them want to abuse you, or some of them want to use you, and some of them want to be used by you. Yeah. And I, that stuck in my head as I was doing this research project last year on cults. And studying the history of cults, going ancient cults, modern cults, you know, like the Jim Jones cults and, mm-hmm. you know, Process Church of the Final Judgment and all that stuff. And you start going, yeah, okay, so there's these cult leaders, which could be like representative of all the, you know, all the psychopathic dictators in history, the world, the leaders, um, the the celebrities, all the the media pundits, you know, they're, they're sort of the leader. People are looking for a leader because they're they don't have that ability to lead themselves. So as we look for leaders and we realize we're actually being led by people who are not leaders, they're, they're tyrants, right? They're cult leaders. Yeah. Um, then people 
maybe don't even understand the forces inside themselves that are, are leading them. And the thing is, is that they are seeking to be abused and they don't know why. A lot of people wouldn't even understand this. This is even a controversial statement. People are like, why would people sign up to be abused? And you go, well, think of this from the perspective of, you know, think of wives that are beaten by their husbands or uh, husbands that are verbally or even physically abused by their wives and they keep coming back for more. You know, what is up with that? What's up with this thing called Stockholm Syndrome? You know, what's up with these, uh, you know, many examples I could give where people got to the point where they were willing to commit mass suicide with other people just because they, they believed so much in the leader. They believed in the abuser so much. They kept returning for more. And so these are the – I'm bringing all these little points in to show you the obstacles to the answer to the question that you've asked, yeah. which is that um, I wish it was as easy as just saying, hey, so yeah, you've been manipulated since birth and you know the, the media has been lying to you and all these elements in our culture have been seeping in for generations to uh, essentially destabilize – the free societies of the world so that we could, you know, you can just break that down and you can show people facts and evidence, but why do people turn away from it? Why do people not respond to it? And that's because of what I'm telling you. People don't, you're basically asking people to reframe their entire psychology, to reframe the way they look at themselves and the world and to take back that personal responsibility that comes with that personal power that we all have. Um, and that's a hard task. And so what usually happens is people wake up because of some kind of traumatic event or the tyranny uh, of the government or, or, or whatever shows up on their doorstep as it is right now globally. Um, yeah. And there's a motivating factor that makes people look within themselves and go, yeah, you know what? I, I have been following inauthentic, fake people who have been lying to me or at least telling me false information. And so people are taking a hard look at themselves now because of the fact that this is right in your face. It's no longer on some fringe conspiracy website on the Internet. This is now happening live in front of the entire world. And so we are in a unique point in history, as you said. But to get over this obstacle, if I were to talk to somebody, first of all, I would actually listen more than I talk. And I found that to be very effective. It's just asking questions. Uh, right. Not making statements, not trying to grab people by the shoulders and shake the hell out of them and go, come on, you got to wake up. It's all a lie. It's listening. No, that to doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so and it, you know what? I think back that didn't work on me either. You know, that that's not how I woke up. I woke up organically. Something in me felt like there was something wrong, something worth investigating. We weren't being told the whole truth. 9-11 happened kept looking into stuff, kept going. You start researching the history of the wars and the banking industry and politics, and then you go into the history of religion and cults, and it's just endless. But there's a door that opens for everybody, and um, that is a door that only they can walk through. Like somebody that's out there like myself or yourself doing these shows, uh, we can't, we don't want to become what we hate and try to force people to look at the truth. That That is not going to work. What we have to do is become very skilled at, our message and our ability to articulate our message to people when they're ready. So what I do is I just do my show. I put the work out there for the people who want to hear it. And if it reaches those people who are very close minded or maybe even just on the fence about certain things, then I let the work do itself. And I constantly work to perfect that. And so I've kind of come to a piece in myself where I feel like I don't have this duty to go wake up humanity. I'm not really here in the end to serve humanity. I'm in the I'm here to serve the truth. And if humanity or some of humanity or all of humanity sees it or not, or if I see it one day and don't see it another, this is all just part of life. And the truth has its own frequency and it has a will of its own. So I just sort of leave it there. But I feel like to serve that truth, um, you just need to represent it the best you can lead by example and try to inspire people to look at this information and realize that um, even though it's dark and scary at certain points, for sure. Uh, it's not as scary as living in ignorance to what's really going on and then suffering the consequences of living in that ignorance. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, going back to what you were saying, I um, definitely know it doesn't work to yell at somebody, try to shake the truth into them or anything like that. And I've known that for years. And But recently I've had my patients tested with the whole mask wearing thing, and I was in line at Whole Foods and – me and my wife were there and behind uh, we we're behind six feet from this lady, but we had our masks below our noses because we want to breathe. We're outside. 
And she goes, can you put your mask over your nose, please? I don't want to get sick. So uh, a lot of me, like my, this is the first time it happened to me. So I was not prepared. And so I felt like my blood was boiling. I was like, I just want to lash out on this lady. But then I, I calmed down because I realized that's not really going to work. At first, I, I think my face felt red. But anyway, I, I said, can I share with you a couple of facts about this? And I started to give her a few tidbits of information. I don't know where it went. But the thing is, is that you're right. We can't shake people's foundational, their framework, but we can try to plant seeds. And, and the only unfortunate thing about those seeds is they take a while to grow. But then we do have on our side things um, becoming crazier as this year has gone on to where people right. that are on the fence are getting shaken off. So that is a good thing. Is it? And, and it's always been the question all of us truth speakers and people talk about, are people waking up fast enough? And that that's, yeah, I don't know. But um, I guess let's just talk about the pandemic a little bit, uh, just to switch gears a little further. Um, we might as well. I mean, we had last year event 201 and uh then the same people that did the simulation are giving us the solutions like bill gates has got his vaccinations and quantum dot tattoo we got the world economic forum giving us this great reset and then the johns hopkins university is taking down the numbers and and pushing us giving all that fear out and then of course we got the inaccurate pcr tests I mean, even the, the creator, Carrie Mulligan, said that they're not used for the diagnosis of viruses. And conveniently, he died last year. I just found that out. I didn't. Right. I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah. That's pretty convenient. Then we got the death certificates being marked as COVID. And then we got governors of states and premiers like people in Australia power tripping, taking this to extreme draconian measures, excuse me, is, is including our governor here. David Ige is it's just gone he's following a script he's like he's not a man in charge he's following something but That's right. I was surprised by this global move and even though people like us you know we we kind of knew about this new world order in game you know we I've been looking into this for 21 years myself not full time raising kids and all that kind of stuff too but I was taken by surprise so Let's go over this real quick, even though I'm actually sick of talking about it, Just, but it needs to be talked about because it's what's happening. I mean, we were told that we would have uh, two weeks of lockdown on planet Earth, basically. And then, of course, we had the grocery stores. Everybody's out for self madness. I mean, toilet paper. <laughs> I should have put stock in toilet paper and yeah, no sanitizer, you know. Yeah, but exactly. the lockdown turned into all kinds of crazy restrictions. They let some restrictions up, then bring them back, um, as they are doing right now. And we're now criminals for basic freedoms. You know, I, I almost got a ticket for sitting on the beach. And so um, being a, re a conspiracy researcher, I, I knew from the beginning that something was staged somewhere. And you being one, I'm sure did, too. I mean, just something smelt wrong. Suddenly, we're no longer allowed to have a debate and a conversation about it. And that's what really started to wake me up to this pretty quick. And then, well... The race riots took place, and we've been living in this weird – I feel like it's this weird blur, David, of time where we're in a half-house arrest, and everything's in this limbo state. I haven't worked since March, and it's just like, what day is it? And, and my personal experience with this, I was shocked on how little resistance the public had to these lockdowns. I was like, whoa, where, where's the warrior spirit? I mean, all – and it all turned political and – I, I get that people want to do the right thing. People wear their masks because they, they think they're helping people. And that just shows you that there is good nature of human beings. They want to help people. But shouldn't people be outraged by these draconian measures? I mean, I just I don't get it. I mean, I do get it. There's been a lot of programming, fluoride in the water, GMO foods, mind control through TV and stuff they're spraying on us and all that. But, I mean, it's like, where is the the pushback? I'm not, I'm not seeing it, at least from where I'm at. Yeah, and, you know, you did a good synopsis. There's so many elements to this that we can get into. Uh, we could do multi-hour podcasts for weeks on end and still not get to the bottom of all the contradictions that have existed with this whole scam. Because that's what it is. Make no mistake about it. I'm not saying there's no real virus. I, I, I can't say that. I don't know for sure. 
Um, But I know it's not a pandemic and I know that uh, the vast majority of people recover as if this is just a harsh flu season. Um, And the numbers are bearing that out. Even the official numbers that are based on those uh, flawed PCR tests that you brought up. And I did actually a whole podcast just getting into the actual science of the test and what the what the experts themselves have said about this type of testing for decades, not just recently. And uh, and on and on we could go. But for me, you know, you brought up you brought up a couple of things. So kind of rewinding to this experience you had with somebody saying, you know, bring your mask over your nose and protect me and all that. The way that these types of scams always work is that the solution that is presented to the problem, whether created or whether just taken advantage of by the geopolitical elites of the world or however you want to name them, the cabal, uh, basically those who are in power that want to maintain power and want to increase their power, um, that they will look for ish- they will frame issues through their media pundits that are all paid shills on behalf of these big people, organizations and institutions. And who are enemy number one, in my opinion, and are guilty of covering up crabs against humanity, um, that they uh, they will frame it in a way that the solution only works if everybody does it. So there's no way and, and only their solution. So all, there, there might be 10 solutions to this. Let's just say that this is a real virus. Let's say it's everything they said it was. Let's say there's five solutions to it. Right. And we know some of them. I can't even probably mention the name of the solutions on the arrow will get banned. Um, but there are many solutions that have been brought forward from the very beginning that have shown really good promise in helping people at critical levels of this, right, who are experiencing critical side effects of this thing. Um, and yet the media will actually actively censor doctors, experts, Nobel laureates, epidemiologists, virologists, journalists, politicians, anybody that brings up these alternative therapies um, or the I, I mean, God forbid we have a conversation in the media or in our social discourse about preventative measures that we could take in terms of just, you know, boosting your immune system using vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc um, and some yeah. other things that you should use every flu season. Right. Yeah. Um, and exercise. You know, you said you're about to get arrested at a beach. I mean, for crying out loud, isn't being part in the ocean. Uh, you're in Hawaii, beautiful Hawaii, getting into the ocean, getting out in nature, getting fresh air, getting vitamin D from the sun, uh, having joy in your heart for just a few minutes. <laughs> those are all good things that boost your immune system. So absolutely, the biggest thing I would tell those people screaming about masks is, hey, you go if you are afraid and you're worried, you go ahead and wear the mask. I'm not sick and I don't wear the mask because I'm exempt from wearing the mask. Uh, you can say medically exempt. You can just say exempt. Um, and you know, the question I ask people is, well, hold on a second. If social distancing works, then why do we have to wear the masks? And if masks work, why do we have to do social distancing? And if social distancing and masks work, why are we all waiting in lockdown for the vaccines? And if the vaccines work, why with even the flu shot, have we had not only numerous side effects for decades reported, um, why do we still have 500 to 650,000 people who die from influenza every single year from the flu? And we've had a flu vaccine, well, how many, 70, 80 years? I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's a long time we've had it. And so you start asking some, these are questions that I actually ask people, especially when they confront me. And I take the, I take the martial artist approach, my friend. I say, I don't attack anybody. I don't walk up to people wearing masks and go, why are you wearing masks? They're not effective. Here's 17 studies that demonstrate that they're not effective. I don't do that, okay? But if they approach me and start getting belligerent with me, and if a few quick responses doesn't get rid of them, then I start asking these types of questions, you know? And you just see the eyes glaze over, blank stares, whatever. And I think that this is what it is. And you got to do it in a way, just like in martial arts, you never match the frequency of your attacker. So if you have a really angry uh, emotionally charged, vicious attacker that's coming at you full speed, you don't meet them with the same force because the strongest force wins, especially if they caught you by surprise. So what you do is you work like a bullfighter and you use the principle of leveraging their attack and their fury and their energy and redirecting it back into them. And that's just a principle of nature that works, right? And yeah. so when we think about how we combat this and we combat these people who are just hopelessly enslaved in fear by the media, because that's where they get their information from, um, then you just need to start pinging the brain and it, they, they won't wake, they won't snap out of it in that moment, but they can't unhear what you said. And they also can't unexperience the fact 
that you said no to them, right? Never forget that, how powerful that is, that when you stood calm, cool, and collected in your center, looked them in the eyes, and just said, no, I'm not afraid. I don't live in fear, and I'm not sick, so you don't have anything to worry about. Um, you know, that's something that even though they're going to flip out, they're never going to forget it. And the more people that do that, the easier this thing can can move move off the face of the planet because that's what we need to do. And guess what? There are a lot of people that are waking up around the world. No, it's not to the levels that I wish it was. But honestly, I've been at this for 18 years myself. And I used to just talk. I'd be talking like five people like it wasn't a big thing. And now I have to use Google Translator every day because I have people from all over the world that are messaging me, commenting, telling me what experiences they're having wherever they live, uh, thanking me for the work that I've done on my show, the guests that I've had on, the information I've shared. I'm sure you've had the same. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me hope. We've had millions of people rising up in places like Berlin, Germany, which I find rather ironic that I Berlin, know. Germany, <laughs> yeah, Berlin, Germany had the biggest reaction against government tyrannical laws. Um, how the tables what, have turned, huh? How the tables have turned. And yet here I am in Canada where everybody thinks we're just, you know, playing hockey, eating maple syrup and drinking <laughs> Tim Hortons or whatever, uh, that we are actually moving towards, you know, very socialistic and communistic levels of tyranny in our government here that matches what we saw happen in places like Venezuela, etc. So, you know, it's interesting how this is breaking down. But you know what? I feel like this after looking at all the information um, you know, interviewing people like Mickey Willis from Plandemic 2, watching those films, looking at all the all these different interviews with people. Um, I, I've just I, I sit back and I go, you know what? We don't have to really attack this the way that the media is attacking this. We just gotta sort of step aside and not I'm not saying don't say anything. We we still have to keep putting the information out there, but the media and the whole apparatus that is telling us this story they're falling on their own sword right now and sometimes there is there's a time when you're in a fighting a combat situation and i can just call you tell us from experience where you don't have to turn up the heat in that moment because your opponent is swinging wild they're exhausting themselves and you just sort of stand back and stay evasive and poke and prod and wait for them to expire their energy and then that's when the blow happens, and often they just do it to themselves. To me, that's good martial arts. Good martial arts um, is not you going out and just brutally assaulting people that you think you think are attacking you. Good martial arts is you actually allow the enemy to defeat themselves with their own attacks. I think that's the good way to go, and I think Absolutely. that's what we have to do. So all I'm doing is I'm kind of acting like a bullfighter, and I just did a show the other day where I pulled up a whole bunch of videos from Canadian media, um, and then I pulled pieces from the live stream from the World Health Organization and then another one from the UN, which, you know, just magically happened on the same day. And uh, we just kind of went through it and I just watched it live with people and then commented and showed the contradictions and then went back and showed, hey, this is reports from June. So a good example is this, like this is my favorite contradiction to show people is I go, okay, so in Canada and I'm sure everywhere else around the world, it was very similar. uh, Back in April, around the end of April, there were already starting the rumblings of um, protests against the lockdown. People woke up early and there were small groups of people in Canadian cities and other places in the world, I'm sure, who started protesting the government lockdown and saying they're they're using it as a smokescreen. They're, they're trying to take our freedom. This is a long term agenda, you know, and but it was small groups. And I had pieces from the Canadian media and, you know, certain premiers and stuff who were attacking these protesters and they were saying, you're putting people's lives at risk. How dare you? And we're talking literally about maybe 150 people gathering in a city. You know what I mean? Not a big deal. Yeah. And and then, you know, skip ahead to June, June 5th, to be precise. CBC in Canada and CNN on the same day, within an hour of each other's reports, released reports on the George Floyd protests. And they were happening in all the major cities of Canada. And I'm, I'm assuming the world, you know, in June, remember like the whole world went into yeah. the streets and were protesting systemic racism, whatever, because that's what the media was drumming everybody up with, right? right? And there were thousands upon thousands of people thronging in the streets, shoulder to shoulder, speaking moistly and all of that, right? For weeks and months, and it's still happening. It's still going on. This was in June when it started. And then so I, so what I did is I showed this April report of them, you know, s- telling that all these people that are protesting the lockdown, they're murderers. They should be arrested. You know, this is literally the media. And then in June, they're saying, 
why are they making why are these right wing conspiracies using the coronavirus as an excuse to shut down the protests for systemic racism? And here's a, a thousand doctors that have signed off saying it's OK to go and protest. But then you go, well, hold on a minute. So what you're saying is that the pandemic is over. That's what you're admitting is because if there really was a serious pandemic, we would have to protest via Zoom or virtually or something like that. They wouldn't let you go in the street and protest anything simply because of the virus. But no, state-approved causes that these people felt were more important than uh, being caught with a contradiction were allowed and actually encouraged by the same media to happen. And then even months after, anybody protesting lockdowns were deemed even every single person in Berlin, Germany was accused of being a Nazi for going and protesting the government lockdowns. Even RFK, who went there to do a speech, was accused of supporting Nazis in Germany. How like how horrible is that to just call German people Nazis just because they're German? And here they are actually protesting policies of the government that mirror what the Nazis were doing. So the more you look into that and you realize, oh, so the pandemic was actually over in June because we're not seeing bodies in the streets. Uh, the homeless populations have survived just fine. Uh, there are places like Brazil and other places that's impossible to maintain social distancing of the entire population uh, who are not dropping dead like flies. We have Sweden as a glaring example to the world that nobody wants to talk about. So to me, those are just a few of the contradictions I like to talk to people about and actually take them by the nose and show them, here's the reports from April, here's the reports from June, here's the reports from yesterday. You tell me if some kids having a little car show in Quebec, uh, it, they should all be arrested and fined because of the, the virus versus thousands and thousands of people protesting, looting, burning in the streets for months on end. Um, and we still don't see that massive uptick of millions of bodies like they told us. Um, you tell me if that makes any kind of logical sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the surface veneer is so thin. If you just take a tiny bit down, you're going to find all these contradictions. I, you brought up the homeless. And here in Honolulu, we have a lot of homeless. And uh, I purposely walk by their encampments to hear – I mean, this is not recently, but when this first came out more so – to hear if I heard any coughing or any sick people. I did. I, I've done it a lot of times. I didn't hear anything at all. You know, I mean, um, and uh, everything's kind of on the same page. You probably noticed. Well, like I, I saw a video you did. Uh, must have been the same video. I didn't get to finish it. But the 33 was like the number that everybody kept repeating. Um, and also, I remember when the inmates were getting covid. Uh, this wasn't just here. This is like in Australia and I think a few states, maybe in Canada. Everybody was getting uh, COVID at the same time, and they were talking about it. Now they're not talking about it. So it's like this program that they're on, and it's like it, it's like uh, like a computer program or something that's out there. I don't know. Do you, do you see that too? It is a program, and it very much resembles a computer. And with all this talk of the fourth industrial revolution and the Great Reset – and, you know, Elon Musk wanted to microchip everybody's brain and launch like 60,000 satellites up into the upper atmosphere and, yeah. and the whole AI, you know, Bill Gates, quantum. When you bring all that into the mix, that is just, you know, folks, it's coincidentally happening all at the same time that we're all locked in our homes. You know, like why is setting up 5G towers all over the world considered an essential business yet – you know, fitness facilities are not deemed essential and people are actually getting fined for opening up fitness facilities, you know, even though yeah. they're trying to obey some kind of guidelines. Um, it's so there's there's too many contradictions. There's too much happening simultaneously. And, you you know, people that are not aware of the stuff we've been talking about for so long, they like to just call us conspiracy theorists just because we don't trust the news. But if I yeah. were to talk to those same people before the lockdown, if I sat down with a beer you know, with anybody and just had a one on one, I could pretty much get anybody to admit to me that the media is not to be trusted, that a lot of these major institutions like the World Health Organization have um, said the sky is falling numerous times and have been caught in all kinds of corrupt corruption and misinformation and using computer models that are flawed and uh, misleading people since back in the, you know, think of the swine flus back in the 70s and the documentaries that were done. And then, the you know, it's just they've, they're either the most incompetent people in the world or there's levels of corruption that, you know, we need to understand. And so the thing is, people forget that the way the media did this 
and it's horrible what they did, is that they said basically to the world, this is the only threat in the world. There are no other threats. Yeah, Cancer what happened to the war on terror? Yeah, there's no war on terror anymore. There's no. Well, I mean, it helps that you know, they've wiped out the majority of ISIS and all that. But anyway, uh, they they uh, they the, you know, cancer patients weren't able to get their treatments, and there was an uptick in deaths of cancer patients because they weren't getting treated because those wards were shut down because of COVID. And then you have the elderly who were moved from um, you know care facilities into nursing homes, spreading the virus amongst the elderly who were the most vulnerable, and they ended up dying alone in their beds. Um, in the thousands around the world, um, and then the suicide rates and on and on. And when you put that in perspective to people and go, do you not realize that there are other threats in the world at the same time as this, that there are billions of viruses that, you know, how much does heart disease kill every year? I even looked up the stats on staph infection. Do you know how many people die from staph infection? In the no, U.S. In the U.S. alone, 30,000 people die every year from the staph infection, and that was considered a conservative estimate. Um, and, and that's just from staph infection in hospitals. So you go to the hospital to get something fixed and then you catch staph infection and then you die. Like, you know, what is it? Uh, medical error is the third leading cause of death. Uh, how many people have died from the side effects of many of these drugs that have been put on the markets, uh, who, w that went through all the safety trials, let alone the vaccines that don't go through safety trials right. in which these companies, uh, are immune from prosecution in the event that you do have a side effect from their shots. Um, and on and on we could go. And then you bring the big picture of everything going and you say, listen, do you realize that the world is actually in a state of war right now and was in a state of war prior to the lockdown? Do you realize that China, which is just a glove puppet for these globalist elites that we've been talking about that has been financed and set up, you know, the regimes there for a long, long time, that yeah. they were trying to set themselves up as the new model for the world. And that you had places like the CFR coming out and writing an entire article on how China should replace the U.S. Western civilizational standard in the world as the as the direction the world should be going. Um, and, and you realize there's a trade war. You realize there's um, a, essentially a cold intelligence war that's been going on for a long time between Russia, China, the U.S., Britain, you know, the five eyes. Uh, yeah. And that there's a geopolitical game of chess that's been happening for the last 60 years that really reached a boiling point in the last four years. And you put all that together and you go, OK, then you go to the U.N. website and you start reading about the sustainable development goals. Um, and a quick note about that. I don't know if you saw it, but I just did that episode that you were referring to with the 33 cases in that episode. I actually caught Tedros, who's the leader of the World Health Organization. Um, I caught him dedicating his speech to the the 75th year anniversary of the founding of the UN and saying that pan, this pandemic will reinvigorate us to implement the sustainable development goals of the United Nations with more fervor than ever before. So what he essentially said to people, and then when I watched the UN stream, they weren't talking about the pandemic. They were talking about climate change and and getting rid of racial inequalities and uh, equity and bringing a new uh, a new monetary system to the world and all the sustainable development. So realize that people can we can debate whether people think the sustainable development goals are the savior of humanity or the end of humanity, um, but that is the focus of the top people here that are telling us what to do with the pandemic. And they are admitting that they are utilizing the pandemic as a way of getting people on board and getting people ready for this great reset, this fourth industrial revolution, and this agenda 2030 sustainable development policy that they want to essentially build for the entire world under what they are calling a world parliament founded by the UN. So when people, when I tell people that and they go, you're just a conspiracy theory, I'm like, yep, I'm a conspiracy theorist who spent 18 years studying these people reading all of the fine print of these policies, interviewing experts and guests and people who were journalists at the United Nations for decades um, and just tracking this. And let me tell you, they are very excited about some of the announcements that they want to make about how they want to reframe the world completely after the lockdown. And it makes you wonder when you put it all together, was this planned? Was this something that happened randomly that was just taken advantage of by these people to bring their agenda forward um, or or as you started this out with did the event 201 and the rockefeller lockstep uh program from 2010 and the many other pandemic exercises that they've run prior to this 
Um, does that have anything to do with uh, what is going on? And is there a much more insidious and diabolical, by diabolical plot uh, afoot here? So I, I'll just leave it there for now. But I mean, that just sort of for me, when you bring all the pieces together and you put it on the table and you look at it objectively, a really, really different picture starts to emerge than what you're getting from the media. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well said. I, I, um, I noticed that when I read The Great Reset uh, and then I read um, Agenda 2030, Project 2030, it's the same kind of language. They say sustainable development and all these nice sounding words. If you go, you've, I'm sure you've been to the Great Reset page and there's this like, oh, yeah. we, I call it the wheel of misfortune. It's this like <laughs> wheel you can press on and everything's interconnected, digital identity, 5G, all these things are connected. And it's like, did they come out with that sophisticated plan since the the since March? I, I don't think so. It, it, it's got to oh. be in the works for a long time. Decades. I, yeah, decades, decades at least. I wonder, though, like, I, I mean, you know, I was actually taken by surprise by this a little bit, but maybe I was just off guard. And I wonder if it was it really supposed to happen this year in their plans? Or do you think that some events maybe took place behind the scenes and they were like, well, we better do it now? I've often wondered that, too. I mean, it is kind of interesting that we're living in the year 2020. And if you bring in the esoteric and the numerology and all that, which it's valuable, even if people don't really I love that science. But a lot of people maybe who don't, it doesn't really matter because the, the elite uh, secret societies and, and some of these cults and orders, etc., and uh, the people that are at the top level, they 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 plan events around certain astrological timings, certain dates. Uh, they encode yeah. things with symbolism. And I mean, just look at the symbolism of the World Health Organization in the United Nations side by side. Look at the symbols used by the World Economic Forum and just look at that and go, hey, is there something symbolic going on here? Is this a ritual of some kind? You know, I've asked that question. Yeah. Um, and essentially, they've, they've tried to create a new priest class. Uh, it used to be, you know, the Vatican, the church, the popes, the priests, you know, the religious angle of things. But then the world sort of strayed away from that, uh, maybe by design, maybe naturally, maybe maybe it was natural. And then they tried to guide it right into the scientific revolution. And then then they decided to create a scientific type of religion, which we call scientism and and then use that now as the new savior of the world. And that's why we have quote-unquote scientists and uh, computer does developers uh, like Bill Gates and uh, people that love AI and artificial intelligence and, you know, basically merging man with machine, they are now the ones guiding the world. Like Bill Gates is not a doctor or a virologist. Uh, Tedros, they call him doctor, but he's not a doctor because he has a degree in medical anything. Um, it's it's another doctorate that he got. Um, and, and on and on we could go and you go, oh, so they're they're trying to set up a new priest class. So I was always wondering, are they, is this, there are signs here that this is their ritualistic um, or at the very least recruitment operations afoot to recruit the world into this new ideology. And is the new religion of the world going to be this scientism, which isn't even based on science. It's because science is just investigation of facts and yeah. reality. Right. But it's, it's, uh, cornering the market of science and saying, no, only these scientists. So only the handpicked scientists at the World Health Organization and the UN are to be the authority and the arbiters of truth and can never be challenged or questioned and will never do debates with other scientists that disagree with them. In fact, we're now going to censor any scientists or doctors or journalists or whatever that stick their head up and question our scientists. And so you get that feeling like, hey, the Vatican used to do this stuff. Uh, the, the, the religious, um, if you look at the history of Islam and the Middle East and, you know, these very powerful religious orders, they utilize this and cults as well. You know, it's, it's exclusive, it's exclusive. You can't question the, the doctrine of the Holy writ. And so that was one thing I was questioning, but to kind of bring that all back to your question about 2020, maybe they wanted 2020 to just be the beginning of this new phase for the next, uh, what is it, 15 years that they have in their in their long-term goals. Um, but I feel like they rushed it. I got that feeling as well. And I honestly believe at this point that there was pushback from within their own institutions. There was pushback from within the intelligence, many of the intelligence agencies, 
Um, the, I believe there are many people who love their country, who have been watching this quietly through the Bush regimes, the, the Clintons, the Obamas, uh, etc., who've been lying in wait to find a, a way to leak information to the public or bring in, bring in uh, some kind of solutions and fight back. Um, there are whistleblowers coming from within media, from within the scientific community, from from government, from all over, banking industry. So I think what's happening is the wake-up started. Um, the wake-up started, I think, I mean, 9-11 really changed the world and I think started a process of slowly waking the world up. And then sure. it really accelerated. And then I believe they had pushback from within their own circles and that there are there are people from within that were fighting. And now that information is reaching the public. The public is now fighting back because they now have resources to go to. And uh, and I think that that caused the other side to really push put the foot on the gas pedal and push forward at breakneck speed. And of course, now they're making a lot of sloppy mistakes. And, you know, it, it just it makes you wonder, are they just trying to show strength? Like when I bring it back to the combat analogy, you know, when you're injured in a fight, you don't want your opponent to know it. So you disguise it and you try to make yourself look stronger than you are in that moment. Um, and I think they're trying to do that. I think they're actually uh, a wounded tiger. So that does make them extremely dangerous. But at the same time, it provides an opportunity for, as I said, if we're smart and we can uh, navigate through this properly, that they're going to destroy themselves. Uh, we literally just have to watch this lie unravel and just work on trying to get the information out to the public. Yeah, it was really sloppy. I mean, 9-11 was sloppy if you look into it, but I think, you know, I, yeah. I don't even feel like we can go to that anymore. That's so, you know, trying to convince anybody of all that. You can look at it, but maybe they'll find that on their path, people that wake up. But this, it felt forced. It didn't feel... Uh, like a natural progression of their plans. It was like kind of sudden and like, you know, like I said, I wasn't even prepared for it exactly. Um, right. But we do know their bigger plans. And I kind of want to go over this. I mean, my audience goes here and we go deep on this show, so don't worry. Uh, but but I, I want to, I've kind of thought about, because you brought up on kind of a bigger picture, 15 year uh, kind of plan. I, um, and this might be a bit crazy talk for some people, but I go here, I, and I know you do too. I feel that this is part of uh, a bigger picture where they're going to throw, I mean, everything at us, the kitchen sink, dish soap, plug, whatever. And I think the great reveal is coming. I, I don't know how, but I feel like we're in a preparation phase for disclosure of some sort. I've, uh, we got the Air Force releasing videos you know, more recently and we got, you know, this recent life gas on Venus and, you know, everywhere I go on the I don't watch TV much, but I see on these like programs like Tubi and Netflix. There's a lot of UFO alien documentaries and a lot of it's probably bullshit, but some of it's good. But they got us trained now to know what a lockdown is. So right. I kind of th I've been thinking like. If that time comes for disclosure, we already know what a lockdown is. And is maybe are they prepping the world for something as big as that? I mean, I know you don't know the answer to this, but do you see disclosure on the way or maybe a type of, of fake disclosure or anything like that? Well, I think it's interesting and it's, it's interesting to speculate about it because um, I've been following that thread for a long time as well. And uh, I think that there are disclosures happening in a lot of different areas at once. And I think that's why this is such a chaotic time. And I believe that that is why these uh, these criminals, they are panicking, right, is that so much of this stuff is coming out of the bag and there's no putting it back. Once you open Pandora's box a little bit, you can't really close it again, you know? No, and no. Um, so there's two competing agendas. One would be to release a fake disclosure about the fact that we're not alone in the universe and there's all a whole picture to this world and our place here and the whole thing going on. Uh, they're going to try to manage that narrative the best they can. Um, and so, yeah, there's that whole idea of, oh, are they going to do some kind of Project Bluebeam fake alien invasion or fake disclosure thing? Um, I think that would be a final card for them because they, I mean, if you just mentioned, look how easy it was to get everybody into a state of paranoid schizophrenia just over basically a virus that is turning out to be no more deadly than the flu, uh, let alone aliens invading, you know? So I think they're testing the waters. 
But then there's the other side that I think from within the military, the intelligence, uh, government, public sector that are trying to get the real information about these um, this extraterrestrial question and other questions to the public. So other questions would be such things like what's going on in Hollywood, uh, what's been going on at the top elite circles, the idea of, you know, human trafficking, child sex yeah. trafficking, um, you know, the predatory system on the Internet that is actually financed and funded by intelligence agencies and other corporations and private families, um, you know, and uh, what else? I mean, obviously, this whole virus lockdown is going to be shown. It's already shown to be a complete and total fraud. Just people don't know it yet on mass um that's going to come out on mass and that's going to disrupt everything uh the, the obamagate thing is ready to boil there's indictments coming um there there are people uh being brought towards uh, hearings you know in the u.s that are going to be revealed uh they've got all kinds of witness testimony that they've been collecting and and going into the nsa and and checking all that information out and they're getting ready to drop a lot of that to the public uh, yeah. And during the pandemic, as you said, the Pentagon uh, had an admission, essentially one of the people from the Pentagon came out and essentially admitted that uh, some of the craft that they had recovered were not of this earth. Um, and nobody really cared because it was like the middle of the lockdown. It was I thought that yeah. was shocking. I'm like, they basically gave you a, the disclosure already and nobody cares because of the pandemic. How powerful is that? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to keep dropping that stuff, I think. And so my question, as I've always been. In that field, I'm always wondering, okay, when they leak it, is it going to be the real story of that? Are we going to go to like Phil Schneider level here and really blow the can off? Or are we, are we, are they going to give us a bunch of bullshit and manage it because they're losing that narrative as well? So it's going to be a battle, no doubt. And I think we'll see it flip flop back and forth, but uh, make no mistake about it in the next uh, few months and over the next few years, the world is going to be shocked as to the types of disclosures that are going to come out. Uh, and I'm saying that predictively because I'm just looking at where people are at. People are are fed up with this. And yeah. let me tell you this. If if the penny drops that any one of these things was legit, like one of these quote-unquote conspiracies turns out to be legit and the entire world is now looking at it, um, it it's just going to be a domino effect from there because people naturally are going to do what you and I did, man. They're going to say, hey, if they lied to us about this one thing, what else were they lying to us about? Yeah. Right. And so that's going to force the the amount of inquiries and the amount of people that are going to start dedicating their lives to unraveling all the other secrets. It's going to be a tidal wave that these elites and these criminals uh, have been fearing for a long time. And we're primed for that. So I, that's where I keep my hope is that no matter what they try to do and the more draconian they get and the more outright they get as to admitting the agenda, the more people are going to wake up. They've really put themselves in a position where it's checkmate, in my opinion. They're in checkmate. It's just going to take some time. There's going to be some thrashing around. But we're dealing with a dying beast, and I can't wait to see it fall. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's a fascinating time to be alive. I mean, you can either go, oh, this sucks, and I hate – I can't even think of a future. I mean, there's a huge suicide rate going up, and that's yeah, terrible. So but then – there's also like that excitement, like, well, you know, because I was never really too uh, satisfied with how things have been, at least in my adult life. So it's like maybe it is time for things to change. And, and all these prophecies uh, are starting to come true. And I mean, you can go down the list and some of them could be the elites following it like a playbook. I, I don't know. But we're in that time, no doubt. I mean, even even the. <laughs> Even the the people that are buying the official narrative don't even think the world's going to be around that long because of this this climate change scare. But it's like we're all everybody's kind of on that same page that things probably can't go on anymore. So that's why they I guess they're calling it the new the new normal. Well, they want the new normal, and I'll tell you about the climate thing. I think they messed that up, okay? Because that climate yeah. thing, New York was supposed to be underwater by now, okay? Right. Um, and the computer models were all proven wrong, and the, the science is just 100%. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's the same kind of – when you start getting into the climate thing, you'll start to see the same kind of patterns as when you start getting into the pandemic thing and many of these other things, which is loads of contradictions, not allowing public forums of debate, censoring scientists who have counter data and all that kind of stuff. And that to me is always like, oh, OK, that's the mark of a lie because liars don't want to censor anybody They're or, or sorry, truth tellers don't want to censor anybody. Mm. Liars do. 
So the I think what happened is they tried to get the Greta Thunberg effect to go around the world and scare the shit out of everybody. And they had schools putting doomsday clocks in their schools to scare the hell out of kids and traumatize them at young ages and program them and all that. And that started falling apart. A lot of people started resisting that. Um, the, the, when you look at the, the views and the votes on YouTube alone, the interviews with guests that are challenging that narrative are skyrocketing even with censorship and shadow banning. And the interviews on mainstream media where they have all these people coming in saying the world's going to end in 12 years. We need the Green New Deal. We need the Agenda 2030 yeah. UN. They're thumbing it down like you wouldn't believe. So that was really falling over on its head. And I think it's no coincidence that we we had that Extinction Rebellion cult rise up around the world. And then it just people rejected it like you wouldn't believe. They, they smell the rat. And then as they were kind of licking their wounds, these people, these liars, they came up with this other idea or maybe we're planning it already and said, all right, fine, you're not going to go with that. Here's a pandemic. Boom. And now they're trying to wrap all those narratives together. They're trying to say, well, now they're saying, well, this is going to be a, a pandemic that's just going to keep going forever and ever. And if it's not this pandemic, there's going to be another one. So this is the new normal. And you know what? Because of the lockdown, that's reducing CO2 gas emissions. So therefore, you know, it's also going to solve yep. the climate problem. And you know what? It's also going to solve systemic racism and inequality between men and, and all the Marxist talking points, right? So you yeah. really just start to look at it and you go – you guys are full of shit and I'm not buying it. And more people are going to do that as we go. And that's why I say they have literally, they're in a suicidal rage at the moment. They are. Yep. They're kind of at their last, their last moves. Um, it doesn't seem like it when you talk to people that aren't informed, but when you start talking to people like yourself, I talked to you and other people that know, and then you start reading seeing like the say the YouTube, YouTube climate, uh, YouTube uh, comments and things like that. It's like, Climate, the climate, besides, you know, it's like we can all, it's a whole nother can of worms for another time. But if you want to look at how the climate's changing, look at what they are doing with weather manipulation and all that. No exactly. One's looking yeah. at that either. Oh, oh yeah. Man, there's, there's, our, we could go on and on about that. And there's so many good points to it. But in the end, I ask everybody to do this. Start with your intuition. Start with your gut. That's what Sherlock Holmes used to do. Remember reading those books? And, you, and I've even interviewed real detectives. And you can even go to some of the greatest scientific discoveries that have ever been made. And you can find in the journals of many of these people uh, discussions about how they had a dream or they had a premonition or they had an intuitive pang of some kind. And then they activated their logic and reason and used the scientific method and proved it out and then brought it forward, right? Like think of the Nikola Teslas and people like that. So the greatest discoveries ever made were made starting with people listening to their intuitive inner voice, which I believe is connected to what you could call God or, or nature, or however you want to frame it. And so st when we're dealing with all this information, I've been telling people, if you don't know who to trust right now, because you hear me saying this, and then you hear Bill Gates saying this, listen to your intuition, and then also trust the courageous. Who are the people who are being courageous when they are delivering their information. Because courage, it takes courage to tell the truth. And it takes integrity and fortitude and virtue to have courage and in order to tell the truth. Whereas when you're lying, that doesn't take any courage. And it also doesn't take any courage to believe a lie, right? It just, yeah. you believe a lie because it's comforting and it's actually, actually believing a lie helps you escape your responsibility to have integrity, morals, and courage in order to see the truth. So I say, if you're looking at people right now who is risking their entire career, their lives, their financial uh, success, etc., to tell people information right now? And who is actually financially benefiting from the narrative that they're telling the world, right? And that's yeah. how I say, I say, trust the people that are courageous, that are risking everything to speak their message, and then go look at it and verify it. So start with the intuition, uh, then activate the logic and reason and do all the, the, the investigation yourself to back it up. And then, uh, you know, use that beautiful gift that you have, which is your reason to, to look at both sides and then come to your own conclusion. And if your conclusion is not the same as all the people around you, even your family, your community or whatever, but you know, for a fact that you, you've proven it to yourself as to where you stand then speak the truth even if your voice shakes, even if you're the only one in the crowd. Uh, there's a beautiful picture from World War II Germany and Berlin where this one guy is sitting down while everybody else is up saluting. 
And I love that picture because it's like, yeah, be that guy, be that one that even though the entire population has been uh, infected with something called mass hysteria contagion, it's actually a documented psychological disorder that happens. Uh, you can go back to the dancing plagues of the Middle Ages and you know you just see mass hysteria, right? Uh, even though everybody's infected with mass hysteria, if you pull yourself out and you do that work that I was talking about, that inner work uh, and those gut checks, you will be the individual, you'll be the outsider but you'll have the gratification of knowing that you're following what you believe. You're following the truth to the best of your ability while everybody else is just swallowing the information they're being given wholesale and not thinking twice about it. And so, uh, you know, I think we only need about eight to 12 percent of the global population in order to turn this thing around. We don't need we don't need everybody. And I actually think we're already well past that. It's just that people are still kind of stuck in fear and social programming and they're fearing, you know, the opinions of all the people around them. Uh, but they don't know you're actually a part of the ma the majority, the silent majority of people around the world are doubting this, are waking up, are questioning this. We might not have all the facts, but we know something's wrong. And that's your intuition calling you. And I say you should follow that inner voice. Well said. Thank you. And that is the truth discovery process you're talking about. And it's so important. And everybody goes through it a little differently, but it's all in the end the same. I, well, this hour has gone by super fast. Um, I know you got to go, David. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. And thank you. also, um, if you have any projects, things that you're doing, you want to share with the audience, your, your website, um, all that kind of good info, uh, let them know. Sure. Yeah. I've got lots of shows coming up. Uh, I'm actually about to do a live stream show right now on my channel. You can find me on YouTube. You literally just type in Truth Warrior. You'll find my channel. But everything's over at my website, dwtruthwarrior.com and my other site, uh, unslave.com. And then I also have been doing lately, I do have a Patreon page where I have a sort of warrior clan um, where I you know, do special interactive stuff with people there. If people want to really dive deep and and research with me and then come up on screen with me and have dialogue and questions and all that. So I have a private forum over there on Patreon. Um, but all my projects and all the stuff I'm working on are all linked over at uh, my website, dwtruthwarrior.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on to Channel Down Radio. Um, I have to have you come on again. So much to talk about. Absolutely. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thanks for being a warrior out there. Oh, the honor is mine. And thank you for having me on. And thanks to everybody that tuned in and listened. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, take care, brother. We'll uh, we'll talk again. Very well. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. Okay. You Cheers. too. Cheers. Bye.